Good evening, everyone. Tonight, we have a special guest with us, Yurun Falkam, who is the co-owner of Coffee Lab, content director, and two-time winner of Dutch Barista Championship in a row. He has assisted many companies in concept and product development and has years of enriching experience in the hospitality industry. Welcome to the show, Yurun. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure it's to have you. Honor to be here. So uh, before we explore and learn more about your fascinating journey, um, we have a signature feature on our show to talk about the guest favorite tea. But I guess it would be unfair to ask someone about their favorite tea who is half man, half coffee. So we provide <laughs> and we would like to know your favorite coffee. Ah, I do have a favorite tea, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, then... I, um, do you know the, the really traditional Morocco tea, Mor Moroccan tea. Yes. When they make very strong black tea, and afterwards they put mint in it and sugar, and they boil it again, and that's my all-time favorite tea. But I do yeah. have an all-time favorite coffee, <laughs> and that's espresso. That's espresso. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because espresso is is the is the basics of of everything, and it's the uh, the thirty milliliters of premier extract. You can get out of the, the the grounded coffee beans, so it is espresso. So here we have one uh, special tea and one coffee. Also, we yeah. also have another coffee lover with us. That's Karishma, who is, or probably I can say, who is addicted to coffee, or coffee is addicted to her. I don't know. So Karishma, will you share your favorite coffee with us? Yes, definitely. This is the right question to be asked. Uh, I am a, a coffee addict. If I don't get my coffee in the morning, I get grumpy. So my favorite coffee used to be cappuccino, but uh, recently um, my favorite coffee is flat white. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, life isn't perfect, but coffee can be. So, um, but I'm very intrigued, you know, now with this term, half man, half coffee. Can you elaborate a bit more about that? Yes. Um, well, I used to work in uh, bars and restaurants for all of my life. And when I was already, I think, 32, uh, then um, somebody asked me to compete in a coffee competition. And I was working with a coffee machine made in Wouden, um, Veldhoven mm -hmm. uh, Wouden, by a man called Kees van der West. And he is making the most beautiful espresso machines in the world. And he is selling them to all of the world. And... Um, I lived in Enkhuizen in those years, it's in the north. And we bought a machine from him, very expensive. And uh, he gave me, uh, in those years, it was a DVD or a CD-ROM, one, one or the other, with a guy from the United States, very old guy, like a cowboy uh, guy. And okay. he, he could make something on a cappuccino, like a figure. Oh, yeah. so I was triggered by that because making coffee is great, but not sexy making a great cappuccino with something on it it makes yeah it gives a vibe yeah. um so i was very enthusiastic about that i wanted to learn that and i learned it and then uh, somebody uh, saw it that that i know i was one of the first ones in the netherlands who could do something with latte art and he invited me for the very first uh, barista competitions in the netherlands and i won so i could go to the world barista championships Okay. And then 
I came in a great community, learned a lot of people, and uh, we were drinking beer, talking about coffee, and the year after it, I won again. So another world championship, and then uh, I decided to be half coffee and half man, because uh, the rest of my life, until now, I was doing something with coffee, always. Yeah. Oh, okay. But what exactly uh, was in this championship? What you were supposed to do? What was the competitors like? Well, the, uh, in 2002, it was the very first competition uh, until now. The, 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 the competition doesn't change. So you have to make four espressos, four cappuccinos, okay. and four signature drinks. And um, you are judged by smell, technique, mm -hmm. taste, presentation, yeah. a lot of things. 64 different points on the, on the judge form. And... Um, um, yeah, th th that's basically what you have to do. And then the X factor and the storytelling and the experience you, you bring into a competition that, that makes you a winner or not a winner. Okay. Uh, very uh, creative of you to say um, the, these lines for yourself, half coffee, half men. Uh, uh, Jay, you are the co-owner of Coffee Lab. Yeah. So we would like to hear the story behind it. Okay. How it all started and what is the it's, story? It's a great story because um, I have two partners. One of them is Rob and one of them is Jan Willem. Two typical Dutch names, so uh, not easy to pronounce for you. But uh, Rob is owner of uh, Horeca Development and his office is right there in the light tower. You know, the great white tower near the block on the, uh, the, the upper building. Uh, we have our office uh, there as well. And he was asked in 2013 by the, uh, the, 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 the city of Eindhoven, Eindhoven 365, to uh, create a coffee bar in the tourist office here on the center of the station square. They wanted to have, um, they, they were, their ambition was to stop with the traditional tourist office and create a brand store for the city of Eindhoven because they wanted to, to make a brand of this city. And um, they realized that lots of uh, tourists, there were two types of tourists in those years and, and, there, and still are. Uh, one of them is the traditional tourists. Uh, they come from the museum or, for the, uh, for the, or whatever. And there is a lot of uh, urban explorers, like people, I think, like you, came the first the first time you came in Eindhoven you already knew what the city is you have your smartphone so you know uh, uh, where and what but there's one thing you don't know and that is uh, uh, where is it now where's the vibe now so they wanted to have a coffee bar for urban explorers like a first touch point for the people uh, who came in with the airplane and with the bus to the central station and then the first touch point should be coffee lab uh, a coffee bar and they asked us to, to write uh, a concept so we wrote a concept 100% based on the mentality of Eindhoven and um, afterwards they asked us uh, to to um, to open the bar ourselves so uh, we did with the three of us so we had a very small coffee bar uh, on the station square of Eindhoven and um, it's very cool to have a very small coffee bar. And uh, it was a very cool one. Lots of expats came uh, 
uh, we had a great Greek uh, uh, community over there. Every day they were working there, meeting each other there, drinking there, have fun there, fell in love there. So everything that should happen in a bar. And um, but three captains in a very small bar, uh, it's it's too much. So we dis uh, we were discussing or less captains or more bars. So then we opened another bar in the uh, Kennedy Tower, it's the, the great uh, office building on the north side of the uh, central station. Uh, that one is already closed because it didn't work over there. And now we have one in Den Bosch, one in Nijmegen, one in Breda, and one in Stripes. So basically, that's the that's that's the story about Coffee Lab. And how long back uh, did you guys uh, set uh, set this up? How many years back? Eight years now. It's been yeah. eight years. Okay, yeah. still going on. Right. Uh, what? Uh, it's a very sorry. No, yeah, no. It's a very international friendly place. Yeah. Um, I remember you mentioning, uh, Yurun, that um, a billionaire and a squatter, they both can have enjoy here in the coffee lab and they both are equal. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, uh, when you are in marketing, uh, the traditional way of um, doing marketing is thinking in target groups. And target groups are mostly um uh, built on uh, money uh, age uh, status or whatever and we learned in the city of eindhoven that um it's better not to think in target groups but think in mentality groups so um there is there is um uh, a model it's called the model of bourdieu and mr bourdieu was an old uh, i don't know the english word but a, a sociologue yeah, can you social yeah. so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he said it's better to think in the mentality of people. So he made um, a cross, a line vertical, a line horizontal, and uh, the horizontal line is the status line. So no money, a lot of money, um, and the, the the vertical line was no, no, not much experience in life, not much cultural experience, not much um, schooling, and a lot of schooling. So it's a long story, but that's the way we positioned Coffee Lab in... Uh, in, uh, in the target group. In the, not a target group, mentality group. Mentality group. And we are left up. So we have people with uh, a lot of experience, a lot of uh, education, a lot of um, uh, traveling, but not too much money yet, because they are a student, they are a, a, a startup, they are an, a talented expat who, who came in here for uh, ASML. But uh, the, the mentality of those people, we, we, we were studying that, and we've learned that they, they don't want status. They don't want bling-bling uh, and blah-blah. What they do like is information about where am I, who are you, who, who, who am I? What am I eating? What am I drinking? And connecting each other. And that's now nowadays we call it uh, community, uh, community building. And um, so we we don't have too much with people from the right underside, right under. I don't know how, how people will see it, but uh, because they have a lot of money, but not too much interest in food in each other, in storytelling or whatever. 
So we are very happy that we have chosen for um, the people with not too much money, but with interest. And because of that, we have people from 85 and also people from 16, 17, because they have the same mentality. And that's the reason that a, a, a PSV soccer player can drink his coffee here because he's got the same mentality as somebody, an, an old, very old DJ from 75. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, when uh, everything was uh, shut down, it was a complete lockdown. So how did the Coffee Lab uh, business get affected? And uh, were there any new strategies you came up with to upgrade the business? Uh, yes, uh, it was on a Sunday evening. And then they told us that we have to close at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Lucky for us, we were all already closing at six o'clock, but the day after we, we were not allowed to open again. And um, afterwards, we 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 felt it, it felt the same like um, yeah, in Dutch, a row period when somebody dies in your in your community. Mm-hmm. And the first moment, step step one is you don't believe it. Is this really true? Shocking. Shocking. Step two is kind of an anger and uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of power. Step three is uh, realization. Shit, it's true. Mm-hmm. And then there comes, there can come a, a, a depression. And then there comes mm-hmm. acceptation. Sorry if my English is not too good, but I'm trying. Um, and that was the same for us. So on the Sunday evening, it was ah, unbelievable. Is this really happening? A week later, realization that it was really true. So we had to pay rent. We had a lot of people working for us. Um, uh, and then uh, the, the, um, because of the realization, I didn't get it. But one of my partners, he was a bit more emotional in it. And then mm-hmm. you, you could come in a depression phase because you had to pay the rent um the money for the people who work for you and the uh, all the um the so many overheads were there yes yeah yeah it was really true so but and but we got a lot of power uh, in 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 those periods so we 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 were trying to sell some coffee online packaging online we 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 were we did a lot we didn't make we, we made a bit money with it but of course not too much because everybody was selling a lot in those days uh, but there was a lot of energy, and that was the energy we needed to uh, to come through uh, through the period. So we were very active. We were very positive. Other uh, bar owners they were angry and negative, and um, we were lucky that we are with three partners. So there's two very wise partners and me. I'm the more emotional one. So when I was starting to get angry and uh, uh, hitting the table, they said relax because under pressure everything will be fluid fluid is that a good english word yeah so it will all come good and we are still here now and now we are again in the um, phase of mini uh, lockdown because of rise in number of uh, cases yeah. so are you planning um, to reintroduce any special measures i know your um, uh, coffee um, lab closes down at 6 but still you know do you have anything in your um, mind to um, implement yeah 
um, this morning, um, when the first uh, information came in the media, I was immediately thinking on a plan we already had a year ago, and we, uh, we call it Boozy Brunch. Um, Coffee Lab is all about bringing people together, friends, mm -hmm. family, colleagues, uh, neighbors, whatever, because uh, we realize in these days um, we have uh, uh, via internet and the World Wide Web, we have contact with the whole world, but not with our neighbors and not with uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the neighborhood, people who are really nearby. So the, all, all our coffee labs, except the one where, I'm, uh, uh, where I am now in the station, uh, are the, the, um, the tables and the way we, um, uh, we designed it is bringing people together. So we always have very big tables, community tables. So not only tables for two people or for four people, for 14 people. And the reason is that our mission is to, to bring the, the citizens of Eindhoven, Den Bosch, Breda and Nijmegen, the tourists of those cities and the, uh, the, the people who come in to work and go back home to get them on one table. And of course, expats people we, uh, are a very important part of, the, of, of that community. So um, this morning I wrote a plan, very, very um, uh, uh, clean and dirty, about boozy brunches because we have to close at seven now at, and it's now until eight. So why not open the, the bar on 11 o'clock, serve people a brunch and but call it a boozy brunch so everybody already know we come there to drink, to connect, to meet. And yes, we need something to eat. It's, it's, it's just an excuse to bring people together. And um, of course, we will do a DJ with that uh, um, because the DJ is the basic of of the vibe and the vibe is very important within coffee lab um so that that's one the the, the first reaction from coffee lab is we bring in the bushy brunches because a brunch you can do uh, uh during the day in the morning until seven o'clock or eight o'clock bringing people together and connect yes quite interesting way to connect Sorry. quite interesting way to like, connect do you like the plan yeah, yeah. yes okay Yes. Um, well, um, this uh, in uh, well, uh, this interesting conversation will be continued after this song, and it's time for a coffee break. Enjoy the song Coldplay Yellow, and we'll be back. Welcome back. We are we are talking about the third most consumed beverage on the planet, coffee, and we are in conversation with Jurun, co-owner Coffee Lab. So, Euron, you have assisted um, an impressive list of companies from Campina, Dawe Eckberts, Efteling, Shell, Esso, to name among few, uh, and have been involved with the concept and product development. So, can you share uh, an interesting campaign or anything with, from uh, there you were involved with? Well, um, in 2002, I was lucky to be the very first barista champion in the Netherlands. 2003, again. Um, and then I uh, uh, compete on two world championships. I was 18th and 11th in those years, but to be honest, uh, it's already more than 10 years ago. So it was kind of a Mickey Mouse competition, but never mind. I was the first. Um, 
But I learned a lot. And uh, after the second uh, championship, I could work for Lavazza, for Eli, and mm. a lot of coffee companies. And there was one big, big one, and it was Dawa Egberts. Uh, and it, uh, it um, Dawa Egberts and Dozier's belonged to Sarah Lee in, in the United States. And they asked me to come and work for them on the marketing department. I didn't. So these doors opened to you because you won the, uh, the Barista Championship. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was lucky okay. to be the okay. first. And, um, oh, yeah. Congratulations. And, and the coffee world was changing the, the, those years in the Netherlands. And yeah, I was the captain of it in, in, in the first two years. After it, um, many more uh, baristas came. But uh, Dow Egbert asked me, but they, they were the commercial big coffee roaster um, and you were drinking the coffee in t uh, tanks, uh, uh, petrol stations and uh, big hotels and whatever. It was mm -hmm. not the best coffee, but it was a really good company to work for because they uh, um, it was a marketing st structure mm -hmm. based on marketing and they had a lot of budget. So I was thinking for myself, uh, yeah, in, in, in which uh, um, uh, phase am I now? And I wanted to learn, I want to have opportunities, and I want to see a lot of the world. And Dawek gave me the opportunity to see a lot of the world because they were dealing with the Efteling, they were dealing with Shell, with uh, BP, with a lot of big companies, office buildings, cinemas, uh, theaters, whatever. So they always send me in front to, to uh, when they had, when there was a big sales deal or a tender or uh, uh, whatever. Um, so they gave me the opportunity to talk with the creative people from Shell, from uh, the Efteling, from NH hotels or whatever. And I learned, I, I really learned a lot from them, but they learned a lot from me as well because yeah. I'm happy that I'm a creative guy so my two partners they are in the processes and in the structures i'm not i'm creative and um, so i was very happy to help uh, companies like the efteling or like shell on a better coffee concept in into the petrol stations because the world mm -hmm. started to change very fast then so when i won the the barista championship there was no internet oh, yeah, there was internet but there was no youtube there was no instagram so we had to travel to learn something. So when mm -hmm. we heard that there was a guy in London who could make a, a heart and a cappuccino, we had to go mm -hmm. to London to find the guy and to ask him, can you please make a cappuccino with a heart? Because we came from the Netherlands to see it. And now, of course, it's very easy to do, to do that uh, uh, with uh, uh, YouTube. But um, um, in those years, I learned a lot of um, uh, concept thinking because uh, Shell... Sorry for all the noise here. It's lots of people uh, downstairs in the station. But um, I learned from Shell and from the Efteling about storytelling, about presentation, about it was not always about the best coffee, but it was always about the best moment for the guest at that moment. So when you're drinking your coffee in, a, in the petrol station or in the Efteling, the, the, the coffee doesn't change. It's, it's the, the presentation, it's the story. It's the smell, the sound, the experience that that, that make your moment, and that's what that's what's my thing, even today. So there's lots of uh, there are lots of baristas working with temperature meters or scales, and they have the mustaches, and they are the artists. And I'm really happy that they are there, 
because that's not my thing. I'm more about the, the, the yeah, story, presentation, and creating the moment. And my best, I think one of the best things I was a part of was with the car brand called Mini. You know, the Mini cars? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And one day I had a, a, a kind of a brainwave and it was Mini Bar. Easy one. Um, so um, I was in one of the mini dealers and I told the, the owner of the, the, the dealer that um, uh, I had an idea about a mini bar. He brought me to Gielesen. Maybe you know Gielesen. They're a big stage builder and uh, um, uh, event builder in Eindhoven. And they were looking for new business. And I told them about my mini bar idea and they... Together we, we created a very big air, like an air uh, air pillow, luchtkussen, air, like an airy thing, around the mini car, and we opened the back the back side of the car, and there was an espresso bar in a mini, and, oh. and the story was that a mini is a small car, but you can put a whole espresso bar in a mini That's if nice. you like. So nice. that was that was an idea, it was a, a, a dream. And it was built so that the, the circle was round we can actually see your creativity and according to you i think every coffee has a story to tell yes so uh, what advice do you have for producers and brands for the placement of their product in the right market um yeah, then I have to come back to the story I told you about Bourdieu and the mentality thinking instead of targeting, because targeting is always right in, 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 in the targets and there's no space for left, no space for right. And when you do the, the Bourdieu thing, so everybody who's listening, try to, to, in, to search on the internet Bourdieu, um, then there's a lot of space because... You, you, then you know the mentality of your of your guest, even if they are from Korea, from Pakistan, from India, it doesn't matter if there are 18 or 75, because they have the same mentality. They they are um, working, thinking on the same level, and it's got nothing to do with age or money or status or uh, whatever where you come from. It's got to do with uh, um, um, where are you interested in and um, uh, are, are, are you willing to share because people with a lot of money and not too much education they don't often want to share they are they want to have and people with not too much money yet but they're working on it they need each other because everybody can help each other to a next step and that's that's much more interesting in my opinion. True, I think branding is uh, about much more than what people see. It is it is about like how pe what people feel. So now we, we call it the vibe. You the didn't see, you didn't see my shirt, but it's got the three. <laughs> yeah, the coffee lab. I even have them here on my um, can you see it on my arm. Yes. Yeah. I really like the vibes and. Um, um, in Amsterdam, they have a logo as well. The, those are the three crosses. Um, but the, the 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 citizen of Amsterdam, they say the crosses they are ours. Nobody can touch them. It's the holy thing. In Eindhoven, they said 
the the vibes they are from everybody because Eindhoven is a combination of a few villages and in in Eindhoven nobody can say Eindhoven is from us nobody because Eindhoven is from nobody so every everybody can do something with Eindhoven and they they gave the logo free so everybody can use the logo so if you see the coffee lab logo it's one of the vibes yes and what what you mentioned uh, uh Supraya, is that um some some things you cannot see you cannot feel it you, oh yeah, you can feel it but you cannot touch it and we call it the vibe and the vibe is all about what, when you come into an uh, into a space in a bar or a shop or a school or a company you feel the vibe you immediately you feel if it's okay or it's not okay and um in within coffee lab we we are trying with the music with the smell with the hospitality with the people who work for us because the when you work for coffee lab you don't have to wear a coffee lab shirt and a coffee lab cap and a coffee lab apron because we are we are hiring you so we are interested in you and so we want you to be you so when we put you in an apron and uh, and, and a cap and a shirt you are uh, a part of you but not uh, 100% you and that's when we, when we started this uh, talk i would be very happy in this coffee lab above the central station in this beautiful place to have somebody in the kitchen from pakistan and somebody in the service from india we don't care as long as they can be themselves here if they can connect with our community and then the rest will follow um and and that's what we call vibe i think there are two things one uh, the what you're saying is vibe and how you you know your target audience feel connected to you and second also if you as you know for your brand you perceive that you know uh, what what exactly is the mentality of your target audience so that can match the connection and perception okay we are uh, left up so a lot of experience a lot of education a lot of um, um, a lot of things but no money yet so it's not status driven it's all about information people who who are in coffee lab they are interested in what we serve in who we are Connected, and we are interested yes. in the people yes so the good thing is if you have the 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 left up group in your in your bar the right up group is the people with a lot of money and a lot of experience like the parents or like the 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 the, the grandmothers etc they will follow because they are interested where their daughters and sons are or where the youngsters are. So when older people come in uh, coffee lab, uh, uh, traditional people, then we know that they are interested in tradition, in craftsmanship, in, in loyalty. So they are the same people, but a bit further. But the funny thing is that the people with money and experience and education, they have status. So they play golf. They have a sailing boat. They they uh, riding a, uh, a Volvo car. You can never mm -hmm. put people in in places, but to, just to to tell you, yes. um, so they, they have status because they 
they uh, they did a study or they have a lot of experience in companies or whatever. The people right under with a lot of money but no experience, they want ha want to have the same status as the people upstairs. So um, in this coffee bar in Eindhoven, a lot of people with from right under a lot of money, no experience. They come also here, sitting on the window, ordering a bottle of champagne because they 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 don't know what what's happening here. So they're sitting on the window in a chair like this, and they are claiming their their place, ordering a bottle of kava or whatever. Um, and then you can see that they are not comfortable in in this place, but they are they think, hey, we can pay for this, so why cannot why, why can we not sit here? Um, but you're sorry to interrupt, but I think the Dutch society in itself is no fanfare. It's like they're very simple. And the the one thing which I really like about here is that you really cannot make out about the status. Like if I go back to India, I can very easily say this person is poor, this person is rich. But in Dutch society, they are, although individualist society, but you really cannot make out that easily that, okay, this person is rich, this is not. Everybody comes out, comes across yeah, uh, almost same. So, so that's the beauty of it. Yes, but the, uh, the still there are places focusing on target groups with a lot of money. Some yeah, that's true. focusing on target groups with a kind of status, and we are focusing on a mentality group mm -hmm. based on people who are interested in life and uh, in food and etc. And we are lucky that the uh, the people with money and status they will come as well, and because they come, then the other people with uh, a lot of money but no status they will come as well. So that's the reason that the soccer player, the uh, people from uh, the Primark, and people from the bike bike corp, they 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 sit next to each other, and it's all okay. So sure. the the lesson we we want to tell other people is. Stop with target groups. Um, but of course, if, if you have a brand like Moet Chandon of, or like Victor and Rolf, you have to focus on the target group. But in the hospitality, it's in, mm -hmm. in our opinion, it's better to to focus on the mentality group. Uh, it's a, I realize that's a very crazy story on on on, on the screen like this. But if, if somebody is interested, I will invite them here for a cup of coffee, and I can try uh, to uh, to explain it um, with a bit more time. Very welcome. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, you are the content uh, director of online coffee courses, uh, online academy also. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, how did this idea crop up of designing? Actually, I haven't heard of this, of uh, design, you know, a course for coffee making. I, I, I can say pizza making, baking, and, yeah. you know, but uh, a course on coffee. Tell us all about it. Uh, the world of coffee is changing. Uh, people are more interested in craftsmanship. In um, uh, they have more time to to do things. So during the lockdown, uh, more people started to uh, buy a big green egg, for example, uh, invite people in their home and make beautiful dinners. There was more time. Um, and what we learned in the world of coffee that uh, five or six or seven years ago, it all had to be fast, cheap and easy. And then the Senseo was very popular, for example. Yeah. Uh, and now um, yeah, a, lo a lot of people 
are building up their their, their skills uh, 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 like uh, uh, cooking or like drinking. We drink better wines or better whatever. And the same thing with coffee. So uh, we were growing from the Senseo to uh, Nespresso. Next step from Espresso is a fully automatic coffee machine. And the next step is a coffee machine with a grinder. And when you buy an espresso machine with a grinder, then you need some skills, some 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 tips and tricks. And uh, because I work for Dawa Ekberts, I did, I don't know, thousands of trainings, but for bars and for restaurants. And now um, consumers, they want to have a training too. They need more information because making a good cup of coffee in your house is, is, is a beautiful thing for yourself or for your guests. And, um, but when I do a training, I, yeah, of course, it takes a lot of time. So I have to ask money for it. And not all the consumers can, can pay um, uh, a training. So I decided to, to make an online training. So there, was, there is um, a partner company. They are used to make um uh training movies and mm -hmm. we made i think 30 or 40 different movies about where coffee grows where it comes from the roasting process the blending process but also the espresso process foaming milk pouring milk make latte art make espresso martini so the the, the whole thing is now available for consumers at home because everybody again we have to work at home so there's more time um uh, so people can order uh, a, a training online now and and do all the courses whenever they want to do it in their bed uh, in their office i'm still stuck on espresso martini yes oh, yeah that's the one is it your favorite yes. as well oh okay do, so, uh, did, did you drunk an espresso martini once do you like no, it no no I'm, I'm saying i'm just stuck on this i'm gonna try that one that okay. sounds something new to me. Yes. Espresso Martini is a great story because it's uh, there was a, a, a photo of a, a model, a, mo a model. Okay. And uh, she uh, was in London, and Dick mm -hmm. Bradley, he was a bartender in London, and the model came in his bar, and she asked, um, uh, "Can can I say everything I want to say now, or it's Friday evening?" So the model came into the bar, and she asked the bartender, Dick Bradley. I need something that wakes me up and that fucks me up. Sorry, it's Friday. Um, because she had to work the day after and it was late in the night. So the bartender, uh, he had a famous cocktail with vodka in it. And he decided to make the same cocktail, but with two espressos in it. Okay. So okay. he was shaking the vodka, the, the coffee liquor and the sugar water mm -hmm. together with a double espresso. Ice, shaking, shaking, shaking. And he was pouring it in, in a martini glass, like uh, with yeah, the triangle the shape. Yeah. And um, he called it espresso martini, not because there was martini in it, but it's served in a martini glass. And then he put three coffee beans on top of it. And the three of them, one uh, is, uh, um, it was um, uh, luck, hope, and love. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, going to another different question, like uh, who are the three people you have, who have been most influential uh, in your life? Yes, I had to think about that one. Um, and I decided to have one global guy. It's three guys. Sorry, okay. ladies. Uh, 
the global guy is uh, Simon Sinek. Okay, you yeah. Might, you might heard of him about uh, yes. the, the, the Golden Circle guy because um, what he did was something thousands of people wrote books about a very interesting subject and he he was able to put it in three circles on a flip over and everybody understood the thing yeah and um um yeah he, he i think he changed the life of a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of uh, marketeers um there's a global guy then i have a, a regional guy um and he is called ron simpson and do you know the avocado show in in amsterdam amsterdam i know what the restaurant yeah yeah he, he is the, he's the starter of the restaurant but he is um i met him yesterday because i'm judging for a dutch magazine it's called entree magazine and that's about concepts and design in out of home and he he is one of the other judges and we are and he's a kind of Simon Sinek. So we had, uh, we were discussing a great problem. And he he draw a triangle and he explained our problem in three points and it was totally clear. And so uh, when I had to, uh, to answer this question, yeah, he is one of the guys because an inspirational guy, in my opinion, um, is somebody who wants to share his or her knowledge, uh, attention, experience for free. So a teacher or um, uh, a trainer or a coach is not is not always an inspirational guy. The, the inspirational people they are able to share, and he and he he's definitely one of the guys who's able to share. So Ron Simpson from the Avocado Show. Okay. And the third one. It's a lady and she's the local one and i think you know her uh, her name is ineke hurkmans oh, yes we know her yes yeah so i think when uh, you know her better than i do but um uh yeah everything everything i have talked about uh, uh last uh 45 minutes it's all in ineke they are always available sharing it's not about making money it's it's about love community connecting yes. helping each other listening no judging all the things and um she's a dj as well oh sometimes okay. yeah and beautiful uh, person inside out they are very inspiring lady yeah so the those are the three people on this moment where i got a lot of um, uh, inspiration from uh, so, um, what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a career uh, similar to yours? Yeah, I was uh, thinking about that one as well. I'm doing a lot of guest lectures. Uh, lecture is not a good name. I I'm telling a lot of stories on on schools, on the Summa Collegia, the Roy Panne, or... Uh, uh, but in those college uh, rooms, there's always youngsters. And youngsters, the, the generation X, the generation Z, uh, sometimes they are interested in what I'm talking about. Sometimes they are playing on the telephone while I'm talking, but I don't care. Uh, in the end, I, I always give them the advice to 
stay foolish and relax. Take your time because uh, uh, youngsters they uh, nowadays they have to make a lot of choices about schooling, education, uh, choices, and and all the choices come too early because. I will never forget that I did my first barista championship when I was 32. I was a father of two children, and and I was and I didn't still realize um, what, what what am I doing um, because I don't I did not do a study. I realized when you do a study, then you are going somewhere. But even when you are ready with your study, then the whole big world is looking at you, and you are looking at the whole big world. And uh, so my advice is stay foolish, be, be mad, try to be mad every day, be sweet, try to help other people and be open. Um, um, and take your time. I was 32 when I was into a coffee competition. So uh, maybe life starts at uh, 32 or some people 35. I'm 50. Yeah. This year, so and and I'm still not knowing what I'm doing uh, about five years. So be open. Yes. Uh, before uh, we we wrap up, sorry, Supriya, I'll have to take that first because Inike Huckmans has just uh, commented and uh, she she is listening to our show. So she's saying, Ah, Jay, you are so sweet to mention me. So great to listen to the show and hear your passion. Supriya, over to you if you want to say something. Yeah. No, I was just saying that. I yeah, love you, Inike. <laughs> we love you too, Inike. <laughs> yes. Everybody <laughs> loves Inike. <laughs> so I was just saying, yeah, I totally agree because age, uh, uh, me and Karishma, we also started our own startup now at this age. So I think it's it's all about your passion. It's what you're passionate about and just going for it. And um, uh, well, success is a story of small wins. Uh, so I think that's all about it. Yes. With this, we come to the end of our show. Our today's guest is the perfect example of hard work, creativity, and determination. If you are focused and you keep working towards your goal, nothing is impossible to achieve. Thank you, Jay, for being with us tonight and sharing your coffee stories and your creative ideas. May your coffee be strong and your Mondays be short. We will see you all next week with another exciting topic and guest. Good night and I have a nice weekend. Thank you very much, Kerry. <laughs> and Supriya and Stefan. We still, uh, we are not live um, on radio, uh, right, uh, Stephen? The song is playing. The song is playing, I think. But and we, uh, we'll, we, but we are still live on Facebook. So for the Facebook listeners, uh, can you, uh, uh, Jade, can you take us through the, you know, different kind of coffee? Um, the, you know, uh, mostly people know about cappuccinos or lattes or mochas. So there are a lot of different kind of um, coffee beans. So can you take us through that? Yes. Um, uh, personally, I'm, I'm most interested in the, the rituals around coffee. There are some beautiful traditional coffees um, from uh, all over the world. You already mentioned that you are a lover of the flat whites. Yes. And the flat white was born in Australia. The, the traditional cappuccino was born in Italy. 
And a cappuccino should be a third of coffee, a third of milk, and a third of foam. In Australia, people said, hey, we need more coffee, less milk. So they decided to do a double or a triple espresso and no foam because foam is air bells. And in Australia, they say air bells, they, they taste like air. So they do the part of milk right under the foam. So it's yes, it's white, but it's it's liquid and it's much more sweeter than, than the foam. So that's the reason I, I, I do also like the uh, flat white. But now in, within Coffee Lab, we are uh, uh, serving, for example, the um, OJ Express. And that's a, a thing from Philadelphia, where people uh, uh, serve orange juice with espresso on ice. So when you put a glass with a lot of ice, then you do orange juice on the bottom oh. and you serve an espresso on top. Then you have two beautiful layers like orange, like black. And uh, because orange juice and coffee, they both have bitterness in, the, in their uh, uh, profile. And in your first sip, it's, it's going like this, but afterwards it's, it's finding each other and then, then the bitterness will find each other and then it becomes a great cocktail. Um, another one uh, is a very traditional coffee from Madrid in, in, in Spain. It's called Café Bonbon. Oh. And then you take a small glass and you fill the bottom of the glass with condensed milk. You know, the, the, the iron cans with condensed uh, milk. Mm -hmm. Very sweet and very thick, very uh, thick uh, structure. Yes, very sweet, yeah. And when you put an espresso on top of that and you stir it, and mostly for women, because when, uh, it, this is part of indulgence. Do you know what indulgence is? Yes, yes of course. Yes. We know that, yeah. All the ladies know what it is. Eh? They, <laughs> you have it with shoes, you have it with bags. You can you can find 99 reasons yes. to not buy it. But you Mine always, works because of us, yes. You'll always <laughs> yeah. find the one reason to buy it. And it's the same with this coffee, because it's calories, it's, it's very sweet. But the sweetness from the uh, condensed milk with the bitterness and the mocha flavors of the coffee okay. creates the bonbon, uh, the, the praline uh, uh, flavor. Okay. So those coffees, yeah, yeah, that's what we serve in Coffee Lab as well. And of course, the one with tonic or uh, with uh, ginger beer. Um, uh, a, a big wine glass, a lot of ice cubes, tonic on the bottom espresso on top so two beautiful layers a transparent layer and a black layer and again the, the sweetness and the bitterness of the tonic with the mocha and the bitterness of the coffee creates a great cocktail or a mocktail yeah. interesting we'll wish uh, i think i should at least try these what you name <laughs> okay then now you are invited to come to coffee lab and i will serve them all all right thank you so you can put them on Instagram and then we are all, all happy. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, you wanted to ask, um, I just um, saw your uh, question. Well, it's not my right? question, but it's actually from Facebook. Oh, it's, it's from Facebook. So uh, so we, we were um, getting few queries from the Facebook as well. So one of the questions uh, was, is making a big deal on the coffee, the kind of beans, the taste, the right temperature, also a social statement? Yes. Um... All the aspects for a great coffee, it, it all starts with, of course, the coffee. So what you put in the grinder is what you can get out of it. So uh, coffee beans are green, and when you roast them, they will get brown. So 
the best coffee beans from the uh, from the best farms when you when you roast them very slowly all the sugars within the coffee bean will caramelize and it changes from green to brown and then then all the flavors are inside the coffee bean then you have to grind them and you can grind very coarse or very fine so grinding is a very important thing and then you make the extraction so uh the temperature of the water the water uh, itself uh, because 98.8 percent of your coffee is water so the water should be really good filtered no no uh, uh yeah so it's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of things and so within coffee lab we are making our money actually with coffee and we we could better um oh, sorry my my Siri. Um, we could better choose for, for beer because when you draft beer, it's only do this and you make one after the other. Coffee is taking, every coffee is a lot of steps like grinding, dosing, temping, extract, foaming the milk, uh, normal milk or uh, oat milk or soya milk or whatever milk. Uh, so it's a lot of a lot of things, a lot of steps to 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 sell a cup of coffee for two euros and ninety cents, but we do it uh, with love. And the best uh, the best ingredient of coffee is love. Smile. I think we can do one full one hour show on this. Like how many coffees are there? What needs to be done? Yeah. How can be done? I think more lot, than because that. coffee is drunk in in, in a lot of uh, uh, cultures. A lot of every country is serving its own coffee. Like the, the, the Turkish, they have a great way of making coffee. The Moroccan people, great way of making coffee. Indian have their own way of making coffee. I don't even know how, how, how they do it there. But it always, uh, in a lot of countries, it always starts or ends with coffee. India is, by the way, in the top 10 countries of producing uh, coffees. It's on the eighth position. India. Mm -hmm. India. Brazil yeah. is on top. Yeah, yeah, Brazil is the number one. Brazil is big. Yes, yeah. but India is eighth. Yeah. Okay. And still, you don't drink coffee, Supriya. I, I do. She does. I do, but yeah, I prefer tea more. Um, yeah, I do a different version of whipping the coffee with a little bit of sugar and a little bit of something like Dalgona, but yeah. I don't add too much of milk, just a dash of creamer. So that's my coffee. I don't like the Nespresso one. I think that's, that's my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Right. All right. Should I close the Facebook? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. All right. Thank Our you. Facebook. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and uh, see you again next time. See you in Coffee Lab. Thank you.